Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflut from What Culture, discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have more roundtable discussions like this one, and a round of the week complete with the bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet and Sir, we are gathered here. Oh, this is dark. We are so distanced here today, only for the time being, just to be safe. Please, everyone, stay safe out there to talk about the end of women's tag team wrestling in wwe this off the back of a report from fightful select that nothing is seemingly happening with this women's tag team titles tournament that was set to fill the void after the tag team titles were vacated by sasha banks and naomi in what was this mid-may i believe the 16th of may episode of monday night rule there we go um and off the back of that, it's particularly pertinent this week, not only with that report, but also <laughs> the tag team champions in NXT literally <laughs> turned on each other on this week's episode. Uh, Hamflirt, nice easy question to start. What on earth's going on? Well, what's going on in WWE is similar to what's going on right here, actually, because just a little reminder to people that have missed other podcasts this week. Wilborn is in his isolation station, hasn't got COVID, just been exposed to somebody with it and protecting us, being a good man in these challenging times. Um, so we're doing this on Zoom for the first time in a while. Uh, I'm in one of our studios, but the whole of what Cut Studios has been worked on all week. So if you hear drilling and other sort of works noises, yeah, we apologize for that. And hopefully we'll, everything will be back to normal. The lovely crisp studio sound will be back in your ears very, very soon. But yeah. what has this? what is that? tied to what I'm about to discuss now is that right now, literally, Wilborn, we cannot coexist, <laughs> right? Even if we want to, we can't. And that has been the persistent problem with all tag team wrestling in WWE for years. Vince McMahon uh, believes that tag teams only really exist to split up and make single stars. And there's obviously this old long-held belief that only one can become a single star from the duo and things like that. There's the, uh, the Bruce Pritchard confirmation of something we long thought that... Vince doesn't like it because you've got to pay four guys instead of two, um, which is just disgustingly cheap. But then this is the man that makes budget cuts with his billions. So there's a lot of reasons why tag team wrestling in general struggles. Then apply the fact that this is in a women's division that is typically underserved from booking, even if they've established parity on the main roster. What is happening with the women's tag team titles to give the long answer to your short question? 
is unfortunately what a lot of people always predicted would. Mm. And, you know, like doom was forecast for these belts from the very off, even if they were being held by the two women that willed them into existence in the first place. You know, Bailey and Sasha Banks uh, wanted these titles for a number of reasons. Um, I was sat in your seat covering for you on the news earlier this week, and I made this point that the two reasons they willed them into existence were because they looked around that roster and saw that nothing good was happening to them. So at least if they had tag belts, they would have a reason for being. Mm. If you remember them going to counselling, the false starts in their feud, and are they friends or not? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And not making the best use of their skills. But the second reason was that they were actually quite optimistic. They looked at the landscape in late 2018. Evolution happened. And they thought to themselves, oh, this division can actually support a pair of tag belts. Mm. So there's two good reasons to launch them. They get them launched. They finally get them over the line. It happens at Elimination Chamber. So it happens in WrestleMania season, which is the sort of perfect time for them to get a big match on a big night. The smirk is already forming on your goddamn face. And wow. I sat in your chair and disrespectfully buried your guys. And I didn't do it because the Iconics aren't super valuable and weren't super valuable at WWE, because they were. The Iconics brought incredible value to WWE. Being really funny not being workhorses of a division that suddenly needed like a ton of great matches to immediately establish it as credible it did mm. it needed like 10 credible defenses remember bailey and sasha winning the belts and saying and going to nxt and saying we're going to defend them here we're going to defend them on smackdown they were trying to open up forbidden doors before terminology as such even existed right mm. and then like i loved them we love the iconics but they put them on the ha ha team and then the belts disappeared off television, appeared in digital shorts around the waist of Billy Kay doing funny voices. <laughs> and uh, like it was just and what it represented to Sasha and Bailey was well, Sasha just couldn't be there. Mm. She was so disgusted by that kind of treatment that she like history repeated itself in 2022 because she has done this once before because of the disrespect being shown to her as a woman's tag team champion. It just didn't bode well, and I wouldn't say things have ever truly recovered. Yeah, exactly. And bringing it to, to the current day, um, obviously the reason why Naomi and Sasha stormed off, or at least allegedly the reason why they left that episode of Raw in mid-May is because I think I'm right in thinking it was going to be Naomi pinning Sasha in like a number one contender's big match yeah. or battle royal or whatever it bloody was. And then... Sasha was going to be fed to Ron. Both of them were going to be fed to the champion, Sasha being fed to Ronda, while still holding the tag titles, which uh, you pick anyone else on that roster to do something like that. And now Sasha's gone officially. I don't believe Naomi has officially been confirmed as uh, being released or, you know, parting ways to WWE. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, well, currently, but even then, the Sasha stuff is a lot of conjecture and there's a lot of mm. speculation about there still being at the negotiation table and stuff like that was still way more in, uh, speculative than we are reported because even the reporters are reporting conflicting news mm. so yeah naomi that's it's all gone very quiet but again what do we read into that the belts are vacant and the tournament has not been forthcoming no exactly i think uh, the general consensus appeared to be um in the the weeks following the vacation of the belts that they were going to be quite a quick turnaround mm. um for this for this tournament and yes you can sit there and say well what on earth are they going to do in terms of teams for that tournament but they certainly could have probably made a few teams they've you've seen you know random alliances happen with you know natalia and Shayna baszler is a perfect example recently yeah. i don't think you know it would have been 
quite enough to salvage it. And we'll talk about potentially what they could do to salvage something like that in, in due course. Mm. But the fact that that seemed to be the case, and then as with many things in life, despite potentially good intentions, certainly from the women's roster, it's the time has just gone by. Smackdowns and Raws have passed by us with nothing being mentioned about it following that announcement. And then, you know, we're in mid-July now, two months effectively since those titles were dropped on the desk of uh, John Laurinaitis. And we are still no closer to knowing what's what's going to happen next with them. And yeah, to link it to something that's happened this week, Ampler, potentially the NXT women's tag titles could be doomed as well because as as much as you can say, well, they can just drop them back to, to toxic attraction to JC Jane and Gigi Dolene uh, as part of that. Outside of them and Katana Chance and Caden Carter and some random, you know, uh, there's been a few teams that just sort of get brought up to get beat effectively. I can't think of a long list of people in NXT that are queuing up for those tag titles. No. The, uh, I don't know how loud that drill is because it's super loud in my ear, so I apologise if I can't even be heard over this. The tag title situation in NXT is slightly different, I think, but I understand why the two things have been conflated. I do, I, I get it. You know, you hold up these tag titles in on the main roster and then the tag division appears to be in pieces on NXT 2.0 because the champions have only held the belts for a week and now you theoretically split them up. But we talked about this at length on the 2.0 podcast. This was... Always in the story, mm-hmm. Cora Jade was. We've sp- spotted the turn, or at least I did, because I care too much about this stupid bollocks on a Tuesday night. Like <laughs> you could, I felt you could see the turn coming from the beginning. I did think that they would keep the belts on them for longer, and it would be this kind of they fall apart as champions rather than. Cor- it almost looks now as if the winning the belts was an inconvenience to Cora Jade. Mm. She had eyes on a bigger prize, you know, um, and yeah. It's not the most encouraging that there's only really Katana Chance and Caden Carter, but I will put to you the uh, the Dusty Cup as a, an example of how NXT will try to make it look like there is a much denser division than there actually is. You know, they were, they were pairing teams together for that. Um, they could form alliances based on overlapping a couple of singles programs. You know, you've got um, Wendy Chu is now finished... Uh, you know, fair enough, she's come out on the losing end. But Wendy Chu is now finished in her series. You could put her with another baby face. Tiffany Stratton could put... Who was it that Tiffany Stratton was sort of on the same page with a little while ago? Oh, and yeah. They were doing promos backstage, weren't they? She was like, you know, you're not so terrible. Unlike Wendy Chu. So it's fairly easy for characters to sort of overlap. You can have women that disagree. Um, you know, women that sort of agree on how Roxanne Perez needs to get herself a boyfriend. Um, there's just a lot of different stupid skits they could do to put women together for the benefit of a tournament there. Sorry, I was just about to ask then. The the tournament was this year, wasn't it? (laughs) I'm looking at this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. (laughs) So the winning team from the Dusty Cup. uh, Yeah, I can hear it a little bit, the drill, but it also sounds weirdly like someone's phone vibrating on a desk. It's like, imagine that, but it's my brain. (laughs) The winning team. Can you remember who won it? Oh, Christ. Um, well, it can't have been Perez and Cora Jade, because Perez no. had a breakout tournament. 
uh, Cora Jade was partnered with Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, this is insane. I really should remember this. Toxic Attraction didn't win. Well, I got some NXT tag news for you in just a second. That might tell you. Nah, so it's no, it's totally gone. They shouldn't have done. Go on. Io Shirai. And okay. I don't know who this person is. I've got a name in front of me and I, I don't recognize it. Kay Lee Ray. Because they took a title shot and they agreed to a triple threat tag, was it? Something With like they agreed. Was this am I have I misremembered this? They didn't they have a triple threat tag with um Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai? Possibly, yeah. And so like so Toxic Attraction retained, but then Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez yeah, that was it. stand and deliver pre-show and they won them there in a match because they needed Io Shirai and possibly Kaylee Ray as well for mm-hmm. the four-way against Mandy Rose that also featured Cora Jade. Yeah. And I did it. Uh, they faced Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu in the final. I think the only teams that are still together in this, I'm just looking through here. Semi-finalists, uh, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray defeated Caden Carter and, again, I don't remember this person, Casey Catanzaro. Never heard of him. And the team... Not a chance that happened. There's a well, the teams are. I suppose there's some type teams they could bring back. Indy Hartwell and Persia. Oh, wait, no, WWE. <laughs> um, the team I was trying to remember that I knew there was another tag team that aren't just two local competitors to be fed to whoever it may be. Ulyssa Leon and Valentina Feroz. You like them? I remember them. They were great. Yeah. And I suppose you could still have Ivy Nile and Tate and Paxley because yeah. they're sort of weirdly, you know. That's what I mean. On that show, that like this is what I think a lot of people don't watch NXT 2.0, and I understand that, but I think we talked about this like a lot now. It, it's got a lot of failings, a lot of very obvious failings, but they sort of try sometimes. Mm. Try. Um, he's, he's back there now, so they'll have to try even harder. But uh, <laughs> when they try, they're able to sort of, even if it's for two weeks at a time or something like that, and it's pretty transparent what they're doing, there's enough people there to. Like, they won't say they're going to run a tournament if they like, we don't know what's going to happen with the belts on 2.0, but they wouldn't say, oh, we're going to run a tournament and then not run the tournament. If that's getting announced, they've already got the bracket mm-hmm. in mind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
to bring it back to a point you made earlier on, Ampler, you know, the, the Vince not liking tag teams or WWE not liking tag teams. It doesn't really hold water, that argument anymore, does it? Because no. the whole, well, you know, you have to pay four guys instead of two. I, well, I don't get that, if I'm honest, because you look at what, and I don't want to bring this into the discussion too much because we're trying to concentrate on WWE here. But you look at what AEW's managed to do um, in, well, not their women's division, but their tag team division. Um, but they've made huge overarching storylines to such a point that we me you sidge probably murray as well many people are campaigning to say that the main event of all out in chicago mm. shouldn't be potentially a returning cm punk defending the aw world title against interim champ john moxley but should be the young bucks versus ftr for all the bits yeah so why else could WWE hate tag teams so much? Because like I say, the argument that we well, got to pay four guys instead of two doesn't hold water anymore because it's not the way that the payment system works. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's something to do with the match style as well. I think because Vince McMahon has always been mostly focused on his top guys, right? And I know there's other people in WWE and that, but like Vince McMahon, the creative force behind most of this has always paid most attention to his top guys and his top guys are always going to be saying it's wrestling like the singles guys are always going to be the top guys you even mentioning as we've all sort of pitched this match going in the main event is almost in it's still even now in that a tag team match in the main event like <laughs> it's still the done thing that the singles title is a big one and the singles yeah i don't think vince will ever ever be able to take tag team wrestling as seriously as to think that it belongs anywhere near the top of the card it's a perception thing that is deep rooted in him now mm. it goes back to how if it's really up to him his main eventers should probably wear short trunks instead of long tights mm -hmm. like little things like that like certain little stylistic things well because you know and i know like john cena's done it you know dressed as like an adult child ultimately <laughs> but like and, and Roman now in his combat pants. But previous to that, you know, it was that you think of Hogan, you think of Rock, um, you know, Steve Austin, Triple H got serious when he wore his trunks. Chris Jericho was given a run on top when he went from long time. You know, there's loads of examples, mm. the JBL, whatever. Like these guys that get belts, there's a certain main event look that's associated. And I think you can apply that to pretty much tag team wrestling. Vince is watching a tag team match. And in his warped, deranged mind, it's an like an inconvenient, but our route two singles feuds so a tag team main event of raw might be two singles feuds that are welded together to make a tag match and that's what tag team wrestling exists for not for red hot slash white hot crowds that just are just reaching out to help the babyface make the hot tag and get the cool like bump and feed sequence when the babyface finally gets in the ring or all the amazing cutoffs or the last sprint finish where there's four guys instead of two all the magic that a tag team match can give you he doesn't see it. He sees it as a means to an end or a let me up on a card where there's big, serious singles matches and you need something else to give people a bit of a breather. Have, have a bit of fun, you know? Mm. This, in spite of the fact that in 2022, like, we're not even talking a long time ago, one of the best things WWE's main roster had going for it was the Raw Tag Division. Yeah. You know, like, we're talking very, very recently, as early as sort of, I would say, between the, certainly between the Rumble and WrestleMania, like, Raw was held down by a series of outstanding tag matches like two team, three team, four team matches, you know, with, with the units of the times. They're all good. The Street Profits, the Alpha Academy, Rollins and Owens, uh, RK Bro. They're all good teams. Mm. But the point was the division felt like it was thriving. And if a weaker team had tried to enter into that conversation, they absolutely could have done because 
there was just a, a strong collection of guys that made it made those belts mean something and made the matches have stakes and implications and it just that felt like such an outlier on WWE mm. television. Like you knew you were watching something of a rule proven exception period rather than we were never saying it in that way that like cool tag wrestling's fixed it was mm. like this this will go away too yeah and it's it's frustrating and i'll move on now to you know potentially trying to salvage it one way or another because the thing i always thought was like if you've got a wrestler and they've kind of run their course as either a face or a heel and then you turn them and you aren't going to then do something big with them in terms of a singles match or you've tried that and that doesn't take on you can't flip them back and forth because then it's it's the big show um but <laughs> yeah shove them in a tag team like i'm not saying I'm, I'm certainly not saying that every single singles performer should just be put in a tag team like you say to eventually split from their partner because then you've yeah. got i mean natalia's half of her bloody lifespan in wwe yeah. seemingly recently was, was that sort of thing but I feel like that that could potentially be a bit of a, a solution of how on earth do you suddenly re-establish a women's tag division. I'd I've said this from the moment they got women's tag team titles that I thought and I think it was a period with with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez where we all thought, oh right, well, what they're gonna do here is they're gonna win the Dusty Cup. And then they're going to parlay that into a shot at the women's tag titles, not the NXT yeah. women's tag titles, the women's tag titles. Yeah. You have them defended across all three brands. That gives a reason for people who watch Raw and SmackDown maybe to watch the the, the smaller show. It, it suddenly makes you think, oh, there's loads of potential teams here, just like when you have um, undisputed tag team championships for the men on the main roster. And I suppose the other potential saving grace, although I wouldn't say... I'd like to see her come back and save a tag team division because God knows the women's division needs her as well. Is the impending return of one half of the first women's tag team champions, and that's Bailey. Can anyone or anything save women's tag wrestling in WWE? Kind of feels like at this point she's the um she's the cheat code wrestler for all of our weekly podcasts, isn't it? Yeah. What podcasts are we doing this week? How could Bailey help the situation we're discussing? That's pretty much where we're at. And this week it's tag wrestling. Yes, of course you could come back. There's, and there's absolutely shed loads of evidence to suggest why that is. Um, this is absolutely a show, not tell one. You only need to go but look through the troubled history of these titles and indeed women's wrestling in WWE to know that Bailey uh, can be a linchpin for so much, can be a kind of a still point in the turn in the world that Vince McMahon, when I say turn in the world, it's basically a basketball spinning on his finger. <laughs> He's just this one sort of like centrifugal force that can keep it held down. You need quality wrestlers, like, and that, that's the serious element of that Bailey swoops in and saves the day because you need quality wrestlers to have quality matches to make the contest something to look forward to. You know, it's it's even if you have paper champions, right? And this applies to any division uh, in any wrestling company, even if you have a paper champion, uh, you can still draw money with the paper champion, you can still create tension and drama with the paper champion. You've just got to have other good wrestlers in there trying to to parrot the old intercontinental phrase, like trying to restore the prestige of the belts. Honky Tonk Man, and uh, this goes back to like too long ago for it to be a relevant example, but stick with me on this. Honky Tonk Man held the intercontinental title longer than anybody else because people paid to go and see him lose. Mm. And then time and time again, he just slithered through like the snake he was. And then eventually he got squashed by the other warrior. But the point was at the time, you needed somebody to give people a reason to buy a ticket to a house show. And you being there that night, the Honky Tonk Man lost the title, was a reason for a bunch of people to buy a ticket. I'm not suggesting that it's as easy to manipulate 
like more clued up audiences but you absolutely can have champions that are kind of getting away with it by the skin of their teeth and that one team in the meantime that just cannot get a shot that cannot get a look in we've seen it recently with wardlow and scorpio sky in aw scorpio sky wasn't mm -hmm. a favorite champion but wardlow was the guy that was lurking in the shadows the whole time you can do that with women's tag belts easily like they kind of done it with toxic attraction like they've gone over nxt have told you that they're dominant but subjectively do we think they're very good no like i'll, I'll speak to myself there i don't think toxic attraction that great in the ring but by sheer force of will for months and months and months nobody could get near the belts and that creates this idea that toxic attraction are a dominant force mm. who is going to stop them you know and that was cora jade and raquel um raquel gonzalez excuse me uh roxanne perez winning the belts before uh the split was them um, no way they actually did it mm. you know another tv special could have gone by where you just nobody could unseat toxic attraction and that becomes such a center point of conflict for the show so it can be done like it absolutely can be done but it does take effort and you can't just flip the belt say two weeks in and you can't get bored of it and just be like no actually i can't be asked for that anymore because mm. that's how people lose faith you mm. you've got to build faith with an audience and then keep it and sustain it for them to trust you again and it's a long road back to get that trust well i'm not holding my breath on the uh salvaging of uh, we women's tag team wrestling so instead should we finish up with a game oh go on then well i thought i'd test you because you are as we often know what culture's wrestling encyclopedia you have okay. a great brain for remembering incredibly random uh, stats and facts and just occurrences and okay. well, mainly wrestling gear um going. so there have been hang on i've got it open in front of me here 10 different teams according to wikipedia okay. that have held the women's 10 10 with 10 different teams who've held the women's tag team titles um so let's see if you can you can guess them if you can remember the even the lineage so let's you've got the first couple straight away so we start at elimination chamber february 17th 2019 an elimination chamber match to determine the inaugural champions do you even remember the other teams that are in this match oh christ no so the boston hood connection would have defeated i'll say nia jackson tamina yep carmella and naomi yes they had amazing matching gear those two very bright oh six teams yeah six teams Oh my god. Uh, uh, I'm blanking now. Bad audio. So I don't. Mm, are the iconics? Correct. Uh, it can't have been Natalia and Beth Phoenix because they got back together at that show. Was Natalia even in it? Natalia was not in it. No, I don't think she would have been, no. Um, hmm. Ah, oh, uh, the Riot Squad, probably Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Correct. Ah, oh, um, Fire and Desire. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville completes the lineup. What a roster at the time. That's not yeah. a bad starting point, is it? They're mostly justified, all completely justified in making up these tag titles with that sort of a lineup. And, you know, we all go in and go, well, Sasha and Bailey need to win that. But there's definitely an argument to have been made that you could have said, well, maybe, you know, the Riot Squad are going to, whoever it may be. Well, I thought at the time they were going to go with um, uh, Natalia 
Natalia, uh, Nia Jax and Tamina. Yeah, exactly. To give Bailey and Sasha the WrestleMania win. That was what I thought they were going to do. But the uh, the joyous WrestleMania 35 win went to a different team. It the is. better team, some might say. The Iconics were indeed legal. Congratulations to you. I will defend that decision. But I mean, I, I agree. It probably was. <laughs> at the end for these tag titles. But, like, I know it's a gimmick and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I went into that match going, I think Iconic's going to win. And I didn't obviously think that. I was like, yeah, obviously, obviously, Sasha and Bailey are going to win. And that moment where Beth had, I think it was Bailey, up for the uh, the huge glam slam off the top. And I just saw, and you know, because you and I have watched WWE for so many years, you know, when you're like, well, they're heading to the finish here. And then you see something like that happen. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, like, like it was just incredible. So, yes, the Iconics won them at WrestleMania 35, held them for 120 days. Oh, Who took it off them? 2019, 2019. See, I've got the next ones, but I know that these didn't beat them. Um, Three days before my birthday, this was. Oh, that's helpful. August. That might have been around SummerSlam-ish. <gasps> ah, yeah. Was it Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross? It was on an episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, yeah. I remember this like it was yesterday because it was a fatal four-way tag team elimination match. Hmm. And the Iconics weren't even involved in the final fall. Yeah. So they lost and they, you know, even then, uh, Billy Bloody K sort of like air fighting at ringside yeah. and i was like what happens now <laughs> yeah, yeah. so then was the kabuki warriors was it not at hell in a cell october 2019 yeah because they kind of fulfilled if you remember they kind of fulfilled bailey and sasha's promise of it in the early yeah. days of night wars and had some pretty cool matches on nxt i'm pretty sure they defended them against dakota kai and tegan Knox one week and it was great mm. um so they would have held them for a bit, but I think they would have transitioned them back to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross at WrestleMania. In the WrestleMania thirty six. Uh, says, it says March twenty fifth or twenty sixth. It went down, of course, on April fourth. Um, <laughs> tape delay, but yeah, Kabuki Warriors held them for. I mean, days recognized one hundred and eighty one days. Mm. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross becoming the first two-time champions. But who took it off them? The Golden Roll Models. The second chance for the tag belts when Bailey and Sasha were draped in all the gold. SmackDown champion uh, Bailey, Raw champion Sasha, tag belts. It was a it was a dark time, but it had its light moments, and they were two of them. Yeah, that absolutely. Run, that run was awesome. That run was awesome, and the end of that run was. Uh, I don't want to make work for you today. An incredible. <laughs> they lost them at payback. Well uh, done. Well, I know this because I cared about that storyline deeply. They went into SummerSlam with all the gold. And if you remember, Asuka fought them both in singles matches. She lost to Bailey with the help of Sasha mm -hmm. and defeated Sasha. <laughs> While Sasha was gutted in the ring, Bailey was smirking, looking at her SmackDown title, being like, Well, yep, worked out all right for me. <laughs> and then payback, of course, was seven days after SummerSlam because Roman returned at SummerSlam and won the belt straight oh, away. Yeah. So they only held the belts for seven more days as a tag team. 
And the finish is one of WWE's greatest modern finishes. Shayna Baszler trapped Bailey in a choke. Sasha tried to crawl onto her back to stop it. And Shayna grabbed Sasha's arm and choked Bailey out with Sasha's arm. So in trying to help Bailey, Sasha ended up being the reason Bailey tapped <laughs> through Shayna being a submissions wizard. The finish was yeah, it, like, you know what word I want to use, but it's my learned colleagues, and I never would, but needless to say, my no my god, what a finish. Yeah. Which of the three of them laid out on the map as Shayna's like holds all this together? Unbelievable. It's the era of Shayna Baszler, really. But... Well, it takes us to the era of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the team that never got along, but were kind of unstoppable for a bit. They <laughs> lose the bloody titles. Um, and they did, and they stayed together. So I think they lost them to, well, it must have been Lana and Naomi. It was not Lana oh, and Naomi. All right, all right, all right. Did Elisa Milano and Naomi at any point? Have I jumped ahead there? Don't think so. Doesn't say uh, so here anyway. Lana and Carmella? No, it was the infamous team of Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Oh, man. Yes. Charlotte Flair was Asuka's mystery partner. Remember that? At TLC. Somebody, was it Carmella maybe? Was Lana. It was Lana. Nia Jax was putting her through the table every week. There you go. That's it. That's it. So that's why I had Lana in my head, yes. So, and then um, Nia and Shayna win them back. Correct. And the kickoff show to the Royal Rumble. Yep, you can tell what position they're in now. Yeah. Um, and, and again, then, and then Lana and Naomi never got them, did they? Because nope. that would have meant that Nia and Shayna took them to that dreadful, well, the night after that dreadful um tag team turmoil match on night one of WrestleMania 37 and retained them, I think, mm -hmm. before losing them to Tamina and Natalia. Correct. SmackDown May 14th. Because Tamina got all the way over at WrestleMania. <laughs> and they kind of thought, well, we best put them on them then. So that's Tamina and Natalia. Meanwhile, that went Mandy Rose was falling flat enough. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh so we're still in the Thunderdome, aren't we? for that ah oh, right 2021 i might have to like work backwards from now to try and get there rather than carrying on in ascending order so sasha and naomi yep. defeated carmella and queen zelina missed that i've really missed that um carmella and queen zelina I'm definitely entering like a black hole here. This is the last one. This is the, so you've got there's the, an tenth adjoint reign, the tenth title reign was Natalia and Tamina, 14th of May 2021. The twelfth reign was Carmella and Kuzelina. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. November 22nd, 2021. You just got it was on an episode of Raw, so it doesn't really help. But uh, yeah, it was one team taking it off Natalia and Tamina and then dropping it to Carmella and Kuzelina, and then you've got all of them. Oh god, it was. It was Nikki ASH, wasn't it? With somebody Correct. because they were like, Oh god, why did we put the raw title on her? Well, now it looks ridiculous that we're burying her. We best give her something. So she won the tag belts in like a token gesture to her. So she said, I'm right thinking that Nikki ASH is a three-time tag champ now. Yeah, that must be right. 
Oh my god, who on earth would be on Raw as a baby face? He only held them for 63 days. Can't have been wasn't Bianca Belair, was it? No. She you're close. Messing around with Becky Lynch on SmackDown. Sasha Banks was on SmackDown. Who's on Raw? Carmella? No. No, I, I, I can't think. Rhea Ripley. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Rhea Ripley came into mind, and I was like, nah, because I was thinking, I'm getting confused because she was teamed up with Liv Morgan. It, yeah. I, it's both. Yes, it's both. always both. Are they going to wrestle on Raw or at the premium live event? It's both. Yeah, so uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi won at WrestleMania 38, night two, fatal four way involving Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Uh, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler, ASH and Rhea Ripley. Of course, oh, yeah, because it was friggin' Rhea Ripley was like, The superhero thing kind of sucks, yeah. <laughs> and that was she turned heel on, didn't she? Yes, so uh, three women have held the titles three times. Sorry, two women have held the title three times Sasha Banks and Nikki ASH slash Nikki Cross, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, uh, and Bailey and Alexa Bliss have held them twice. And then everyone else has only helped them once. The longest reigning team? You want to guess? I mean, the Iconics have got to be up there. Single reign? Yes, I'm talking combined reigns. Apologies. Oh, I'll go with um, Naya and Shayna. Correct. 215 yeah. combined days over their two reigns. Then the Kabuki Warriors. Then whatever you want to call the Boss and Hug connection, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, the Iconics held them for 120 glorious days. <laughs> it all went wrong. And then they reunited and then they split because WWE doesn't know how to book. I've said, I've said this on podcasts before, but I'm going to say it again. I really enjoyed that game. Like, I really enjoyed it because it just takes me back to a simpler time when that's what I would do to get through exams when I'd finished and you weren't allowed to leave. <laughs> like, I mean, I took my GCSEs in 2001 and my A-levels in 2003. So it's, uh, it's been a while. But uh, <laughs> the... There were so there were far less champions to have to consider then, but I would just work through world and intercontinental and US and so I'd go down the tiers and the air. Uh, uh, that would be what would get me through that awful time spent wasted wanting to leave. I love the yeah. idea. Yeah. And uh like this is only a, a male problem, I suppose, but trying not to get an accidental you know what and then having to stand up with it at the worst time because sometimes they would just come on and you didn't have any control over it. It's like it, there you go. I'm not saying exams get me off. It's just happened. It's I like just, the idea of someone. Bus, it's basically bus dick, but you're stationary. <laughs> I like the idea of someone looking over and you're like, oh, oh, come on, come on, Michael. And they're like, oh, sorry, was the exam really hard? And you're like, no, I couldn't remember the US champion. <laughs> so in summary, Hamlet, is this the end of WWE women's tag team wrestling for you? Or could they possibly still keep going? uh no and yes sorry like nothing's ever finished nothing's ever over the tag belts might get like chucked away for a bit but they'll be unearthed at some other point uh WWE never stops the churn continues i'm not saying they're going to be prestigious but i think they will be back mm, i'm inclined to agree with you but let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed on twitter at what culture wwe uh watch they can follow both of us you can follow michael hamlet at michael hamlet you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hampler. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.